episode two, the Low Post Podcast. Just kidding. It is uh, it is three and D's. <laughs> we you thought we we almost had you. Welcome in. My oh my. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. Emergency. Call it an emergency pod. Call it regular scheduled programming. But uh, it's been a week since we've last talked, and holy cow, have things happened. Kyrie Irving not only requests a trade, but gets traded to the Dallas Mavericks for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a first-round unprotected pick in 2029 and two seconds in 2027-2029. Joined by my two favorite guys, Matt Legg and Mari Narciso. Fellas, reactions. How are we doing? Are we, are we okay? Are we stable? How, how are things? Firstly, uh, great introduction. Yeah, I think thank I you. think thank we you, missed Zach you in that in that role. <laughs> the great introduction. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the trade that I guess if you're a basketball fan, you were thinking was going to happen for the last fucking what was it like six months minus I guess the last month because he went quiet for a little bit and was a good guy. <laughs> and played out of his mind and I think it all lulled everyone to sleep a little bit and I was like oh maybe he can commit and actually try and buy into an organization be a good guy to Kevin Durant because he brought him on and that was this whole thing and here we go again it's it's just uh <laughs> I was uh personally blinded by him because he won me a bit of money for his crazy jazz game where he dropped 48 and uh i was a little bit on the bandwagon for a bit there but he he brought me back to reality so I, yeah i'm happy about that yeah mario what do you think? just the just the past couple of weeks me and matt have been saying no Kyrie irving because he's been playing really well and no Kyrie irving slander you know he got he got selected we, we we gave justin a lot of shit for selecting him in his all-star team mm-hmm. um and then he soon proved this wrong by actually being selected as an all-star starter uh, and playing really well. And and now I, I think, you know, we've been fairly critical of Kyrie throughout the duration of this podcast. Fairly. Only the past two weeks have we been like, you know what, maybe we should give Kyrie oh, some more yeah. respect. And then, of course, it just it just <laughs> turns its ugly head and comes right back at us. But yeah, I, I think it's a obviously a monumental trade for the league as a whole. I think it... I have doubts about whether it makes Dallas better. I think I think there's still a couple pieces to move until they're really a championship favorite, especially in a tough, in a really top-heavy league right now. And I I do like the return that Brooklyn gets for them. I think they got way more than anyone would have thought for such a polarizing player. You know, a really great talent, but um, obviously comes with a lot of flaws. Yeah, yeah. like. Uh... He was gonna walk, like so. They pretty much got all of that for Dinwiddie, who's a beloved, like Nets player. He was before he played his best basketball under Jacques Vaughn, way like two years ago, three years ago, whenever that was. Mm-hmm. Um, you get Dorian Finney-Smith, who's another, he's a great three and D guy. Um, kind of been missing that on the Nets, and you get some <laughs> a bunch of picks that are in grade six grade five or six <laughs> don't even know they're part of the deal so um yeah justin what do you think 
interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, when I when I saw this deal, obviously, like you guys, my I was shocked. I think Mari reported it first within three and D's, so um, had to stop everything. You know, had to drop everything and and look into it. And um, I was pretty shocked when I learned at first what the Mavs gave up. Um, I know how much they love Dorian Finney-Smith. I'm pretty sure you guys called him untouchable on a on a recent podcast, which we use way too liberally, by the way. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie, he's a good, he's a, he's a quality starting player. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't say he's much more than that, especially on his contract. But for me, giving up an unprotected pick like that so far in the future, I, I, I was, I was very concerned by the package they gave up. I think it's one of the riskiest trades I've ever seen in my life for a franchise <laughs> And it's not even because of the pick. Like an unprotected pick that far is is a really good asset to get. But it's even better because you just traded for Kyrie Irving, who destroys organizations historically. And I know we're going to get into that in a bit. But you have a potential top, like like Mount Rushmore type of player at age twenty three, and and bringing Kyrie Irving into your program is a huge risk, just with your relationship with Luca, and that and that is what shocked me and 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 sh- and proved how desperate that Dallas really was to make a deal like this. Um so that was my original reaction. And now a, f- a couple or a day or two have passed since and I've listened to a couple podcasts I've tried to actually think it through in my brain and I've come to the conclusion that I think this is a risk that Dallas had to take. <laughs> yeah. I I, I wouldn't have done it myself, but I'm not Mark Cuban. I don't have the cojones that he has. I think when you're looking at the Western Conference right now, I think, first of all, I think there were actually good offers on the team. And we can talk about the other offers that, that were reported. Like the Lakers, I'm from reporting that I've seen both first-round picks were on the table. Yeah, from, I saw a Chris Paul plus picks package being reported as well. So it's not like they could have just given them the salaries and called it a day. Like these picks had to be in there. And the West is wide open. Like, like the, the, the like we can talk about the, the the drama in Memphis right now. The Pelicans keep losing, can't stay healthy. The Nuggets haven't really proved anything yet. The the Warriors just lost Steph for probably a month. Like this Western Conference is, I don't think it's ever been as wide open as as it has been. And when you think about the on court fit, I think it's a great fit on the court. Um, so Brian Windhorst called it a hedge, and I kind of completely agree with that. Um, so I came to the conclusion that it was a necessary risk for the Mavs to take. I don't know if you guys agree, disagree, but, um, that's kind of where I got to, um, about an hour ago, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I find it interesting because Luca has done a really good job as a superstar in this league of not, of not being vocally, um, not voicing out his displeasures with his team. And, and I don't think the Mavs have done a great job of surrounding Luca with talent. They tried with Porzingis that didn't work, obviously. The, the the Christian Wood thing was always always had a ceiling that wasn't going to be that high, and even now you know there, there were there were mumbles about there's rumblings about whether Luca was happy with the situation, but you know you have to kind of read in the tea leaves like this guy needs help and we need to keep him happy we need to we need to make sure that this guy's going to be around for a really long time. I I'm just so shocked that yeah I agree I think the on court fit could work I'm just so shocked that this is their idea of keeping a superstar to stay with their organization it's so it, risky it could implode on them absolutely i i can't believe it 
I mean, at the same time, you have now arguably the two best closers in the game currently, especially like even this year, Kyrie's leading four points or four, fourth quarter scoring. And you were getting into these playoff series the past few years, and Luca was just gassed by the time the fourth quarter came around just because he was carrying the load. And you did have Jalen Brunson last year, and he played amazing, but at present, Kyrie's better than Jalen Brunson. Yeah. And he has the experience and he has I I don't know. I can't speak to anything about his demeanor and I don't know what's going on inside his head. Mm-hmm. But no one does. If if he commits, like they are scary. <laughs> scary, scary. Like you don't have um... two guys that are gonna stop them. It's just it's such a I don't, big I don't want to say that I, I hate if he commits. It's just yeah, such a hilarious no. sentence yeah. to say about Kyrie Irving. How long have we been saying that for? Six years, seven oh, years. But I I completely agree with you. There's no team in the West that wants any business playing the Mavericks in the playoffs. Now, they have not a shred of defense anymore. They traded their, you know, a really good perimeter defender on a pretty good contract. I think eleven million a year or so for maybe two more yeah. years after this one. Like I do, we can talk about the Brooklyn side of this after, um, but yeah, their offense, like, do they have a top two, top three offense in the league now? Like they will outscore most teams. Um, now, again, they won't stop any teams. So I'm very curious how this works out. And look, if Kyrie were to ever be motivated in any situation at any point of his career, other than being with LeBron in Cleveland and winning that championship, it would be right now. He has very little suitors. Brooklyn would not offer him a long-term extension. You know, he has, you know, a couple teams that are interested in him, but he needs to show something. Like, he he's not going to get a three-, four-year deal unless he goes off here in the back half of the season. And I think mm-hmm. now that he's switched teams, he knows he's playing – he must know he's playing with a generational talent. I can totally see this working out for the Mavericks, which pisses me off because I don't like Kyrie Irving as much as I drafted him in our All-Star draft. But – I am selfishly very excited to see how they fit. Obviously, I think Kyrie's going to play, and um, you know we'll see what the what the meshing looks like. But I am going to watch a lot of Mavericks games selfishly, mm-hmm. especially in the playoffs, because um, yeah. I yeah I think it makes them a championship championship level team. Jason Kidd just released a quote saying we made this trade thinking that we're gonna, we're a championship level team now. So yeah. they clearly think the same. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to keep talking about the Mavericks? Because what you alluded to, Justin, is they don't have a shred of defense. And I know we've talked about this a little bit on our chat, but they're, this is likely the first of either a few moves or at least one other move. Um, do you guys want to get into that first or go to the net side of the trade? Yeah, let's stay in the Mavericks side because I, I, I think the biggest loss for them here was just purely size on a basketball perspective um you know Dinwiddie is a six foot six point guard shooting a combo guard Dorian Finney-Smith a six foot eight to nine wing player who could defend two to five you know we don't you, you don't have that kind of flexibility to play with different lineups I think that was what made the Mavs exciting was that give Luka the ball surround him with a bunch of good role players and and see what happens granted it hasn't worked in the past so it's definitely going to be a change of offense and change of um, basketball we'll see out of Dallas but right now it, it, it it's a worrying starting five you know you're, you're you're leaning a lot on um 
Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleba, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., who, you know, has the heater of a shot, but is, has never shown himself to be a reliable player, yeah. never mind a starter even. He never started for the Mavs, really. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd hope – I don't think it personally right now, as, as they stand, are a championship-level team. Just because I, I think teams such as even New Orleans, I find better. Even Memphis, I find better. Golden State, we'll see. I don't even know if they'll make the playoffs right now with Steph out. I their ceiling's better. And then over in the East, it's not even close. You know, the the top of the East is yeah. so so strong, and I don't think Dallas just strictly on size even competes to um, the wing players out in the East. So yeah, I, I'm curious to hear what you guys think potential future moves for the Mavs um it, we there was some talks earlier that today that the trade wasn't actually official yet um yeah. but now I think both Shams and Woj have said that it is official as it stands there was yeah. there is no third team being involved um let, let's start with the Mavs though and what what else what else might be on the table for them well, I'll make one quick note that the map, not that this map is meaningful, but the Mavs also got Marquise Morris back from, uh, oh, yeah. Fuck. from Brooklyn. But again, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a rotation player for them, but um, he's also coming back. One thing I'll say about their roster currently is I'm very under the radar is uh, Josh Green. Josh Green has played really, really well over the past month or so for them. I could totally see him stepping into that, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith role. I don't think he's the same defender as him, but um, I think that they believe in kind of him stepping up and taking a slightly bigger role. Um, I think you're right, though. They need to prioritize defense when it comes to the trade deadline. I'll have to check quickly. Matt, I don't know if you have any you know thoughts on their trade targets. I have to look quickly at how many picks they can. You know, yeah, trade. I actually have that right now. They have like every pick outside of the 2029 one, wow. which is why I think that they did that one so far in advance because – Odds are you can, if you're banking on Luca being good for the next six years and you're going to secure him and give him whatever money he wants, your team's still going to be relevant. So I don't think that first round pick is even going to matter that much. I can't believe they've made it unprotected, though, to be honest. Like, I just can't believe no one does that anymore. And it's, it's... this is true. Um, And yeah, like building off your Josh Green point. Like he's the best three point shooter in the league statistically this year, unless you really? just overtaken him. But he's fifty percent from corner three. It's insane. He like on how many attempts again? Oh, let me just pull that, that up. That's surprising. I, you know, I I, I value him as a, a young three and D guy, but I never I never thought he was that good. Of a, no, he's he's like played pretty well. Um, he doesn't quite have the size as Dorian Finney-Smith. He's 6'5", so I think and Dorian Finney-Smith is... Uh, I think on about four attempts a game. That's pretty good. Especially crazy. the last month, yeah. Well, yeah. he's shooting 41% total, but I, the corner is just insane for him. And, like, there's so many talks about, like, him um, being the centerpiece going forward, and, like, he was, he was quote-unquote... <laughs> untradeable untouchable that that um, was actually my that was actually gonna be my point is that it seems like the mavericks have been shopping him since they drafted him just because of he, he's a really high upside player since they got him they've, they've been trying to give him the minutes here and there to kind of prove his worth and i think every year they've been trying to shop josh green so it, it's interesting now that he's the one who stays is going to be the maybe yeah. the turning point for them well another another part of this story is 
there's been some pretty obvious reporting that Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway Jr. are on the table for up, like four upgrades as well. So that's another wrinkle to this. Those have decent salaries where it could net you, you know, a, a, a you know, a pretty sizable player. I think for me, a, a clear trade target would be Jakob Pertl. I think if you put him at the five with his defensive chops, like you need some defense, you need some rim protection. I think, I don't know, it would probably take a first and some salary filler or something like that. Hopefully like maybe an expiring, I think Christian Wood's an expiring. So maybe Christian Wood in a first for Jakob Pertl. But I see that as a really obvious trade. And if I'm the Spurs, I do that tomorrow. I, I don't I don't think you're getting more than that for Pirtle. Um, I think that they could go bigger, though. I think the salaries between Tim Hardaway Jr. and Christian Wood are like over $30 million total. So, and like Matt mentioned, you know, they have a lot of picks. So, Matt, I'm curious if you've been, have you been working the trade machine a little bit or looking at different targets? Like, is John Collins a possibility? Is someone else that you're looking at something that... I mean, I think Jakob Pertl, you kind of stole that. That's such a <laughs> perfect fit. Like what, what we were saying with the size mismatch, like they just eye test are like the smallest team in the league and they just got smaller. They need defense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you need defense. And Jakob, he gets so much love by anyone that actually is like an NBA analyst. And I love it because former Raptor, great player, always, he's a fan duel handcuff for sure um always around the six thousand seven thousand dollar range he's he's great Good head on his shoulders well raised just, nice family at home you know yeah bucket jail guy there. brings shows up <laughs> does the job um he doesn't need the ball right like you you're saying all dominant players now he doesn't need the ball he'll protect no, no. He can just he'll do grab it. offensive rebounds like he's a i think he's a perfect basketball fit there too yeah and um yeah, the Christian Wood thing, like salary wise, matches up. You can throw in a first in twenty twenty eight. Why not? Why seventh grader? A seventh yeah, grader. Why not? <laughs> um, and then yeah, building off that one, I think this idea has been floated. Uh, and if it was possibility to bet it in Canada, I absolutely would hammer it. But uh, I think OG Ananobi is like a perfect fit for Dallas. As long as they don't give up too much, like I mean, I guess they do have the three first rounders that it would take, that has been uh, actively talked about as the return that's going to be needed to get OG away from the Raptors, and like I guess maybe like a Tim Hardaway to match salary, but I feel like you might have to keep Tim Hardaway for some shooting, or that's too much yeah. on Josh Green. I don't know, but I think that's OG and OB, I don't see it. it work. I think that would be such a perfect fit and couple that with the Pirtle trade. Or maybe it's like a three-team and they somehow work it out with the Spurs and it's a three-team with Toronto, Dallas, and San Antonio. And you get both. Take every first. Swing. It would take every first of their books. Yeah. But, like, you would have, like, a good young team that if you sign them, like, you could keep them and go forward. But... Yeah, it would take probably every first that they have. Not so, I don't know, Mari, what do you think? Well, I, I, uh, I, I like the, um, I love the OG fit, and I completely agree with you. I just can't see a way that both sides would be happy with a trade there. I, yeah, not, I, I can't figure it out. Not to poop poo your trade, but currently they can only trade their 2027 first, and that's not getting, you're not getting OG and an OB with that, with that package um because they owe the the the, the next their pick which can convey 
as late as 2025. So uh, they can't currently mm-hmm. trade 2025. They can't trade 2027 or they can't trade 2028 because of the Stepien rule. So they can currently only trade 2027. Um, wow. So they're probably look in terms of draft compensation. They're probably not looking at like a that type of asset. Um, which why I go back to Pirtle. I think you, if you throw Actually, in the, go ahead. Say Christian Wood goes to the Toronto, and instead they go to San Antonio and do like. Davis Bertans salary match and get rid of him, throw him back to San Antonio. Cause San Antonio at this point, like, fuck it, like commit to the bit. You're going to get last in the league. Pretty much. <laughs> there's no need for you to you have Jakob Pearl. Like there's, he's goes to free agency in the summer. Why keep him at all? And you could get another first round pick, which maybe works out. Maybe it's unprotected again. And that's what, that's what does it. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, I don't I think, think the Raptors want Christian Wood. Yeah, I, I just don't. I don't see any way that OG. I love. I I wish, and it, that'd be so exciting to see OG, Kyrie, and Luca as the top as a big three. It's still undersized, to be fair. I mean, but I just don't see it working. They could get Gary Trent tomorrow if they wanted to for Christian Wood in a first. But, but it's like they already have that. They already have scorers who don't do much else. Or sorry, not Luca, but they don't need another like ball heavy scorer. So. He's not the type of guy you don't need a like. You could probably get Fred too for that package, but I don't think that's what you need, right? So you're so you're looking at the Pirtles. You're looking at like maybe is there a John Collins trade where you include Josh Green in a first and some salary filler? Like I do that if I'm Atlanta, kind of rejig a little bit. Um, and I think John Collins would be a good fit there for sure. Atlanta needs some sort of reset, um, but I don't know what else they can do. Um, I know that when this trade wasn't announced. Brooklyn was the one who was trying to make it a, a, a make it a three teamer uh, with yeah. with the Raptors guys, and again not being a homer, but that was reported by many insiders in the NBA where they were trying to get Fred in the deal. They were trying to get OG, and Brooklyn certainly has the picks. They have some some Philly picks, they have some other picks, um, but in the end, uh, that never happened. So I don't know if the Raptors turned that down or if the Raptors were asking too much. I don't know what happened there, but. Um, Brooklyn's definitely interesting. I don't know if we want to talk about more trades or if we want to move to Brooklyn, but um, that's very interesting as well. I'm happy to move to the Brooklyn side, unless Matt has another trade I'm, machine. I'm Matt is being pensive. Right now. <laughs> yeah, what no, team are you looking at? What team are you looking at right now? I'm trying to think Chicago, but I feel like they would have they would have made the trade already if they were going to do something. So I feel like they're fully out. Dallas go would get Dallas give a first round pick for Vooch and make the salary match. Don't, go don't, all talk in for about, don't even talk about don't even, Vooch and the Mavericks. Vooch. That is insane. <laughs> go all in on no defense. Commit to the bit. That is insanity. I, I think I, I think there's actually more interest on the Brooklyn side, just for a couple of reasons. I, I think on the trade itself, as you mentioned, the offers that were actually there, because I don't think the Kyrie price was that high to begin with until they started getting offers from everybody. And it's like, oh, shit, we could we could get a lot more than what we initially thought. You know, the Lakers were offering quite a bit. The Suns yeah. offer to me seems like the most appealing, just Paul Aiden in a pick. It's, whoa. Aiden wasn't in there. DeAndre. Oh, was it not? It was just Paul. I think it was pick? Crowder, Paul, and. Oh, Crowder, that's whatever, right. Whatever yeah. picks. Yeah. If Aiden and Paul were in that, where they would be, they would pull the trigger tomorrow, 100%. But, but I mean, Crowder, Crowder, or Paul, I, I would love to see CP and KD together for one. 
I think, think, could, I think you could make a playoff run there. I think Jay Crowder has a place in the Nets team, and you still get the pick back. And I, I, I would have personally liked that more. But it's interesting to see that you know the Kyrie price really wasn't that high, and and it, it feels like an overpay because it is. It's just the market decided that this is actually what people want for Kyrie Irving, which is shocking. Well, he's also expiring, right? And he's basically re- requested a trade because he didn't get a four-year max with no stipulations from the net. So, I mean, that, I mean, right there, you're driving your value horribly down. Um, yeah, could you blame him for not giving that? You know? I, no, 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 I'm totally, with, why would Brooklyn give him that? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's, that was the final, like, nail in the coffin, right? And then he, he, I think he played his cards actually quite well. So I guess kudos to Kyrie, even though I really don't respect, you know, him. But, um, yeah. Like, think- on Kyrie's contract, it's insane. Like, it's entirely guaranteed. Like, there was no stipulations at all. He gets paid, like, I, th- I think it's like 9K an hour just to be alive. It's just insane. But yeah. on, uh, I actually, we'll, we'll, we'll cover the kind of Kyrie saga in a bit, but one of the most damning facts I found was that he, he was paid $136 million by the Nets to play 143 games, so nearly a million dollars a game for the Nets. Yeah, I mean, obviously when he signed that contract, he wasn't as bad as he was now. He was just coming off, I think, the Boston saga, which, again, he was still sort of a valued asset at that point. Um, he still is a valued asset, but... I think he, at that time, the contract wasn't ridiculous. No one balked at it. Now people would have balked at it, obviously, but. Let's hear it, Matt. Um, (laughs) I'm not sure what picks would be needed to make this happen, but Christian Wood to the Utah Jazz to get um, Jared Vanderbilt and Kelly Olenek. I love it. I love it. I don't know what picks are going to be needed but and oh, yeah, of the hunt, but jared vanderbilt would be perfect with the mavs would be perfect yeah okay yeah. i'm done i love that trade okay. yeah. On, yeah on the net side on the net side they they still have moves to make you know uh, simmons is still equally ben simmons is equally as disgruntled as he was and and still a kind of distressed asset there are talks now saying that ben simmons has zero trade value around the nba <laughs> negative which is, trade asset <laughs> which is sad because I, I i still believe in ben simmons I, I think he has confidence issues i think i like what um bill simmons has been saying lately about how he just needs to go to a market where nobody's watching him go to charlotte go to san antonio where nobody's watching him play basketball so he could regain his confidence back and i think those are actually good teams to ship ben simmons to because they could get they could give picks away they could get an asset back someone like i don't know pj washington someone like yakum pearl someone like josh richardson those kind of players. So I think the Nets still have some moves to make. Yeah, I I am so out on Ben Simmons. We won't touch this right <laughs> now, but that Harden trade is a disaster. Is a true disaster. He is now a negative value contract. James Harden should have been an all-star this year and is playing really well next to Joel Embiid. Those picks are not going to be that valuable. They're going to be in the mid-20s. And I don't even think, to be honest, I heard this. I'm not the first to say it. I think Zach Lowe or someone said it first. I don't think Ben Simmons is going to start for the Brooklyn Nets currently. No. no. Like, they have Claxton. You can't play Claxton and Simmons together. You have Claxton. You have Royce O'Neal. You still have Kevin Durant. You have Seth Curry. You have you have, you have Joe Harris, who's not having a great season. Cam Thomas just dropped back-to-back 40-point-plus games since yeah. Kyrie's left. 
I don't think Ben Simmons should start for this team. And that's a disaster. And if they're truly committed to building around Kevin Durant, which I think if they want any chance of keeping him, that's another part of the story is what's Kevin thinking? What he must've signed off on this, but um, you know, what's his next step? Um, they yeah. they're going to want to go all in and you know, they've been linked to OG and Fred. They do have picks. Um, they do have salary matching. Um, do they add at the trade deadline? I, I, you know, maybe we can talk about what they got first. I do think it was a really good return. I guess we kind of touched on it already. I think it's a really good return for this asset who you were gonna, it was right. The writing was on the wall. You were going to trade him before Thursday. You had very little leverage and you still got a pretty good package. Dorian Finney Smith is absolutely a great asset to have on your team. Kevin Durant loves the guy. Like that's been reported quite frequently that he fucking loves that guy. Um, and he's, he's a perfect fifth starter for a contending team. Now they don't have starters, you know, two through four to, to compete, but he's a good piece. Well, he, he's certainly an upgrade over Royce O'Neal. I think they do the same thing, but Doran does it better. Um, and then Spencer Dinwiddie, I think is, is a quality starter. Yeah, I next forgot about him. Yeah. Ben, um, why would Ben Simmons start over any of those guys? No. Right. I mean, they do have a crazy deep bench right now. They have a lot of good players on that team. EJ so, Warren is still there, you know. Yes. Yeah, so, so they have a lot to trade. I think another starter, you can't waste this good of a Kevin Durant season. As, yeah. You know, we haven't seen him play this well in a while. And you can't you waste could easily, it. easily get Fred Van Fleet and Gary Trent Jr. You could get them for, for a first each. Put some salary filler, put some light protections on it, and you can get both of them. Honestly, mm -hmm. their price is not very high. For those two guys, OG. Dare I say, uh, Joe Harris. <laughs> Joe Harris yeah. would be the deal, salary baby. But um, you know, OG, you probably have the draft capital, but you have to throw all of it in. So that's an all-in move that it's very risky for them, especially if Kevin Durant then wants to leave. Like that's to me is too risky for Brooklyn. But in general, they do have moves to make, and I don't know if you know you guys had any ideas on what those would be. But I know that that's been you know pretty much that's been reported so matt what's cooking uh i'm just thinking like i <laughs> i didn't realize ben simmons is on contract for the next three years too making 35 <laughs> million 80 million over the next two years after this year five uh... million a year for three years i can't believe they did that too that's crazy I still have hope. I still have hope in Ben Simmons. I, I, mean, I just as a talent. I think it's something with Bill Simmons mentioning he just needs to go somewhere where the lights aren't as bright. Um, like Philadelphia is probably the worst organization you could possibly play play for. Um, and Brooklyn with with the Dallas, past two Dallas, years, New York or Brooklyn. Yeah, like he's he's gone to organizations where the lights are brightest, and he's just not that guy yet. Maybe. I don't know, <laughs> but if you went somewhere like San Antonio with just kind of like the argument that I'm making with some of the Dallas trades, just commit to tanking. You have some young guys that you can build around officially. Ben Simmons could be another young guy that you could build around. Like he's absolutely starting. <laughs> and if you're going to get Wemby, like there's no conflict of position there at all. So I, th I think he, if they can possibly flip him for, something um like say the spurs it's like a josh richardson and purtle i guess or something like that um kelvin johnson 
Keldon. I feel like Keldon. I know we've thrown away <laughs> untouchable, but he's he's probably their guy that they're building around for the future. But it's Vassell, I think. It, but I think yeah, Johnson's up next right after Vassell. Guys, but ben, yeah, I think it's it's really Josh Richardson and Jacob Pertle. Ben Simmons is in the top three for worst contract in the league right now. Like literally, who are he, one and two? Who are one and two? I think Bradley Beal is up there because he has no trade clause yeah. in there, which is ridiculous. Um, I'm trying to think. I arbitrarily said top three, but let's think about <laughs> some other horrible contracts. I mean, um, Davis Bertans is still pretty bad because I think he still has salary into next year, um, but he's more minor. Uh, I don't know. I'll do a little more digging. I think we should have a worst salaries in the league draft uh, podcast at some point. Um, yeah. But I honestly, it's costing you a first round pick to get off Ben Simmons. So that's where things are at right now, and that's why yeah. that's why that Harden trade is just disastrous. It's so bad that they had the team they had against against Milwaukee. They oh. had all three of them healthy. They and James Harden met his groin gets fucked up in game one of that series. And they've never had that team since. It, it ruined. We'll get, get there, Justin. Believe me. There's okay, a, we'll get there. Okay, the gotcha. Brooklyn Nets saga is so. crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. So I don't know what Brooklyn's gonna do. I, I, it's really up to Kevin Durant. It's like, what is Kevin Durant? Is Kevin Durant gonna commit beyond this summer? Is he being flaky with you? Because you can't trade those picks if if you're worried about Kevin Durant re-requesting his trade. And I think that that might be inevitable because two of his three guys who he came with are gone. Um, so I don't know. I, it's, it's a mess in Brooklyn and I feel bad sort of, but I don't really feel that bad for them because they kind of screw themselves. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I think Durant, he's been really quiet and I think he's just waiting to see how the field's going to play out. But I feel like the Nets either, this isn't their first move. They're either going to do something to really help Duran and I think get rid of Simmons or trade him for a crazy haul, which is um, what I think that they should do. <laughs> Just wow. blow it up entirely. They're not getting anything for Simmons. No, for Durant. For Durant. Like, I, I think... Uh, I think that's a summer thing. Durant, I think Durant that's- for Brandon Ingram and then whatever else the, <laughs> the Pelicans are fine with throwing in. They have the deepest like young core in the league you have a plethora of picks that you can choose from and you can easily make that trade happen and i don't know i think it'd be fun from both sides <laughs> that's just what <laughs> i want to see but uh yeah it, i don't i think it's gonna be uh, another move yeah and just the time being i don't know i think we will see what happens with brooklyn um as we saw in the bubble like i think jock vaughn has the perfect mentality and gets the best out of his players. And when it's like a lot of gritty scrappy guys that can uh, get the deal done, um, they actually exceed expectations. So I'm, I I don't know. I'm excited to see what they can pull off, but um, I'm sorry. That's not, sorry, go ahead. I'm saying I'm not, I'm certainly not ruling them out to be honest, like, especially with four days, three days until the trade deadline, they're 32 and 20. They're the four seed. I'm definitely not ruling them out as a second round playoff threat. And if Kevin Durant goes God mode, maybe even conference finals. But right now it doesn't look like that if they don't make a move, but completely agree. I cannot wait for our Friday pod. 
I cannot wait for it to just. Yeah, we we simply have to record right after the trade deadline. So I'm gonna have yeah. people going fucking nuts. Just yeah. dissect everything that happens. Thursday and if it's a disappointing <laughs> one, if it's a disappointing one, then we'll just fucking rant about something. But it's gonna be so good. There'll be yeah. some moves. There'll be some trades. But uh, Kyrie was the topic of, uh, I think, this episode. It spurred a lot of the talks. And we wanted to get into the Kyrie drama and everything that has, has followed him throughout the years. And Yeah, you know, and he's he's been such a polarizing I player see, for years now. To see uh, I, I, where that goes. I decided to to do a lot of research into this. Just to kind of, I, I, it sounds like nearing the end of the kind of problematic, again, we're seeing this hopefully, the end of uh, at least the Brooklyn Nets run, which was even more insane than I remembered. Looking back on it, I I I, I went through the entire timeline of Kyrie Irving's career. If you guys are willing to hear me out on here, I think it would be worth the walk down memory lane. The floor is yours. Uh, just to cover this spectacular player who you know has given us maybe the most um, insane off court. Um, things that we've seen from a career, at least in our generation, but also just a really good basketball player. Maybe the biggest bag we've ever seen, the most, the prettiest basketball I've ever seen, uh, has been played by Kyrie Irving. So dropped it should be fun. We'll go. Some would say, truly, yeah. good looking guy too, Kyrie. Yeah, I missed him on the all attractive team. Yeah, maybe a snub. The, the haircut, the haircut, eh, you know, he goes it out a bit too long for the, me. But... The anti-Semitic stuff really put makes him a little less <laughs> in my books. <laughs> I saw a tweet about um, Kyrie finding out that Mark Cuban's Jewish and not Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> but Mark um, Cuban signed off on it. It's, yeah, yeah. Differences aside, I guess. Well, that's the funny thing is that a lot of people are talking. Whoa, what is Cuban doing? But it's really, it's really the GM, um, Nico Harrison, um, who has had, as Boyd well, said, ties with Kyrie through Nike in the past. But of course, Cuban all probably had a word in it. Yeah, but there was a video. I mean, we'll get into Kyrie right in a second here. But there was a video of uh, Mark Cuban finding out that the, the Mavs had traded for him. He was like courtside during a game, and he was like shocked. Like he, he had a surprised face yeah. on, on, on a look on his face. So I think yeah. there was. A level of like wait i approve you to do this but i don't think he like demanded that they did it right so there was certainly some shock on his on his side too well it's making me think now that this Kyrie legacy isn't over because cuban is one of our most um vocally outspoken owners in the league um joe tsai rough generally kind of i mean obviously a big business personality but was only forced into the limelight because of this uh brooklyn so it should be interesting to see how those yeah. two kind of work things out should oh. something happen Quickly, right before you begin, if <laughs> if uh, Dallas wins the title, is it worth it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It yeah. is, it is. The 2K simulation played out. Saw the That's video. right. <laughs> someone told me that within crazy. an hour, within an hour of the news breaking <laughs> they did it, and they edited it, and they posted on House of Highlights. It was incredible. Matt, quickly give us a sixty-second explanation of that video for the for the fans out there. Oh, sixty-second explanation. Um, I think they finished as the four or five seed. They beat. Hold on, go a step back. So someone did an NBA two K simulation of the, of Dallas the, and Brooklyn. The exact right? trade, basically. Yeah. Um, the exact trade. Um, and then, yeah. So they simmed out the playoffs. Um, 
and Dallas made it through. I think they beat the Timberwolves in the first round, then they beat uh Lakers. the Lakers in the second round, and I want to say it was the Nuggets in the third round. Meanwhile, the Nets got out in the second round, I think, to Boston, I want to say. And then so <clears throat> the Mavs made it to the finals against the 76ers, and they won, I think, in five even. It wasn't even, yeah. like, close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's no. just crazy. Well, I don't know. I don't see that happening. Perhaps. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see Dwight Powell uh, containing Joel Embiid, personally, nor Nikola Jokic. I don't, I, mean, I don't see them playing the Lakers in the second round. Like, there's no way the Lakers are getting to the second round. No shot. Justin, whoa, Justin, whoa, whoa, Justin. Whoa, whoa. It's not happening, fellas. <laughs> not happening. All right. But yeah. So, I don't know. All right. Maybe, maybe they do it. But yeah, I'm I, I, I have doubts, but <laughs> we see. It's exciting. I'll, I'll go through the entire timeline. You guys, you guys just kind of comment whenever you go. Um, we start from the very beginning. This is like a book report. Kyrie Andrew Irving was born March 23rd, 1992. Oh, Lord. <laughs> in Melbourne, Australia, which is why he has eligibility to play for the Australian national team, but has chosen to play with uh, America. His dad was a professional basketball player who moved to Australia. Uh, he played at Boston University under Rick Pitino. And his mom is uh, African-American and Lakota of Lakota origin, which makes Kyrie also a member of the Standing Rock Sioux tribe in the States. Fun fact that I learned, Kyrie's stepmother, Shatelia O'Reilly, is his agent as of uh, March 2022, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm No comments on that because I, I don't know her personally. I don't know the moves she's made, but I wonder what she thinks about uh, Kyrie's PR moves as of late. Uh, she, he grew up in New Jersey, though, played, uh, eventually transferred to a basketball powerhouse in New Jersey at St. Patrick High School to play with star Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Successful high school career, junior national select team, McDonald's All-American, Jordan Brand Classic, and then won gold with America in the U18 championships. He was a five-star recruit and went on to move to Duke, famously. Uh, was a good player at Duke. I, actually, our first our first scandal with Kyrie is in high school. He was at, Their team was actually banned from the state tournament in his, uh, I believe, his junior year because they held practice outside of the season. Not his fault, to be fair. But maybe the... Uh, Maybe some um, what's it called? Foreshadowing of a historic career. Hold on, you could in Duke outside of the season. Yeah, apparently outside of the winter season. I think there are probably rules around high school practices. The dumb rule. Anyway. Yeah, so they they couldn't play in state, but they did one win state when when they did play. So they were a good team. They had Michael Kidd Gilchrist and Kyrie Irving. How could you not? Um, in Duke, actually, some more foreshadowing. He only plays eight games in Duke due to a toe injury. Kyrie Irving's career famously is riddled with not just controversy and good basketball but injuries throughout his entire career from his rookie season to continuing to now and actually i don't think we really touched on that throughout this entire thing is that despite on court despite off court he he can't also can't stay on the court mm-hmm. um everywhere nose head shoulders toes literally at every at every point <laughs> of his body yeah i did i did a rhyme i did a nursery rhyme just then um, but you know we've seen we've seen masked Kyrie, um, and we've seen him miss a lot of time. Um, Coach Krzyzewski of of Duke has vocally supported Kyrie throughout his career, um, so it doesn't look like he 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 burned any bridges out of Duke. So he enters the draft in Cleveland, fantastic rookie year, one rookie of the year, all rookie first team, and made um, and made an All Star 
in his second year, the first of his eight all-star appearances. His Cavs career isn't all that controversial. He plays well. He's a good player. He um, eventually joins LeBron in the 2014-15 season and uh, Kevin Love also making the big three. In that year, they make the finals and lose to Golden State. Kyrie, at the start, uh, leaves with a knee injury in game one. So just one of uh, many examples of Kyrie leaving playoff series early, leaving regular seasons early uh, by because of injury. The following year, 15-16, we know what happens. They face Golden State again and win in six, I want to say. <laughs> but the shot, the block, it the ring. They're down 3-1. It must have been seven. Yeah, that's right. It, it must have been seven. What am yeah. I thinking? Yeah. Uh, a historic game and a historic shot from Kyrie, a probably career-defining moment for him. Uh, Apex, solidifying the ring. I would say. That is Apex Kyrie. Apex Kyrie, yeah. The following year, they're in the finals again and lose to Golden State in five. Um, not much to say about that other than in the following summer, Kyrie um, vocally asked for a trade request to the cell, uh, asked, for, asked to get traded, um, stating that he wants his own team outside of LeBron. He doesn't agree with the franchise's view going forward. Justin, comment? Well, just going back to that that last season in Cleveland, they never had a shot against that team. Like, just to, just to yeah. give him some credit, like, Kevin Love went down in, like, the first or second round. He was out for the rest of the playoffs. Their team around them was dog shit. I remember that. The yeah. the Warriors were at the peak of their powers. So, I, and Kevin the fact that they even got the gentleman sweep, honestly, was was a fine outcome. They never had a shot in that series. But you're right. The drama starts seven years ago after that series. Mari, break it down for us. This is where it goes awry. And, uh, again, a continuing theme is injuries, but this is where it really starts getting... Kyrie-esque um wants his own team outside of LeBron obviously he's been under LeBron's shadow even the ring um you know he hits the shot everyone's saying but it you know LeBron gets the block it's 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 LeBron's first ring in Cleveland it's LeBron bringing it home to Cleveland it's not Kyrie's ring so he wants his own team fair enough I get it um so big trade happens I remember at the time this was huge and I and, and I had thoughts I, I thought Cleveland got fleeced in this trade the trade was for Isaiah Thomas Jay Crowder Anthony Zizic and Brooklyn's 2018 first, which turned into Colin Sexton for Kyrie Irving. And I, I thought that was not nearly enough. I, IT was washed as he barely passes physical. Super um, injured, yeah. And the other three were peripheral players at best. Yeah. At this point, the Celtics have Jalen. They have Jason under first and second years. They have Smart in his, I believe, fourth year. Then Hayward and Horford, an unbelievable team. Famously, Gordon Hayward gets hurt in game one, catching a lob. And one of the most disgusting clips I've ever seen. Heartbreaking, yeah. Big damper in the season. They, they still finished second in the East and lose in the conference final against the Cavs. Uh, Kyrie did get hurt mid-season. And the Cavs would go on to the finals and lose in a sweep to the Warriors. So, you know, um, as much as the lopsided trade was, the Cavs with LeBron, with K-Love, and the next scorer, J.R. Well, Smith, ended up still a good team. Can we talk about that season a little bit more, a little more in depth? Bill Simmons, obviously very locked in, huge Boston fan. You know, Kevin O'Connor also in that boat. They call that season like one of the worst seasons they've ever watched in Boston Celtics history. Kyrie, it wasn't as public as things have been obviously in the past couple of years, but Kyrie ruined that team single-handedly. I actually... I actually think you're thinking about the following season, which is oh, which is when things. Oh, was his last year in Boston? No. Okay, no. sorry. So this I mean, this was actually a good Kyrie year before he got before he got hurt. 
Okay. Many people, I remember at the time when people were talking about him being an MVP candidate, I agreed. I think he was good, but I'd actually argue personally, I remember at the time that Horford was the best and most important player. I think he was probably a better candidate for the MVP for the Celtics team. I'm thinking one year. Um, too late for sure. Yeah. And also in this year, this is also the start of a historic media career for Curring. He goes on record and says that the earth is flat and that people are being lied to. The beginning of a chaotic media mm. presence. 29 is where things go wrong. First of all, LeBron leaves the East. So the boss, Boston is highly touted as the favorites out of the East. Hayward's coming back healthy. Jalen and Jason are only getting better. They still kept Horford. They still have Smart. They have Terry Rozier. It's a good, if, actually, I, Terry might have been moved by now to Charlotte because he had a good year. He had a good year of the year prior in the playoffs. I remember that was a scary wasn't Terry. Wasn't that the trade for for Walker though? Wasn't he in that trade? Or am I missing mixing that up? You might be right. You might I be right. Was, I just remember the scary Terry year when Kyrie was hurt. I think that he was on that team that year. I think he was traded the year after when they got Kemba. I'm pretty sure. But anyway, continue. you might you yeah. might be right. And what's of note here is through summer and through the start of the year. He publicly showed promise to re-sign with Boston, to stay on multiple occasions, both publicly and in private with the organization and team. And he showed himself as a legacy figure to Boston a la Bird, saying, you see yourself being retired here, the 11 being retired here in Boston, Garland, yes, only to make plans with Kevin Durant behind their back throughout the year. So how that happens is the, the Celtics start badly. They start seven and six, and Kyrie starts requesting help publicly. He begins to complain that the Celtics are feeding Tatum the ball in late game situations. He begins to criticize younger players such as Jalen Brown, who also opposes Kyrie in that in that same end. Um, and in, and including in this is um, talking in public about apologizing to LeBron, calling LeBron and saying, "I understand what it means to be better and leader. I get why." Um, I understand how you might have been frustrated. Like that. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy quotes. I'm I'm sorry that I was that young guy that now I have to deal with. Yeah, basically. Um, later in the season, he walks back his comments about resigning with Boston in cryptic messages saying, um, you know, we'll see in July what happens. The Celtics end up losing in five to Milwaukee in the second round. And it's all but written in the wall that Kyrie's leaving. In that series, so that summer. That series was a joke. He didn't play a shred of defense. He performed so embarrassingly in that whole series. His his I forget his exact stats in that series, Mario. I don't know if you have them. Probably not because it's very specific. But I remember his like shooting percentage was like under thirty five percent. It was like he maybe he was, he was probably like at like sixteen or seventeen points a game on bad efficiency and zero defense. It was an embarrassing series for yeah. him and for the organization. I don't have that in front of me, but I do remember that. It's around there. It's like under thirty five percent. I remember that for yeah. sure. So it's all but written into wall. It it, it looks apparent that Jason Tatum is that guy it, that they could build a team around um, around their young core and around Al Horford included. So he signs with Brooklyn in the offseason after plenty of talks with Kevin Durant throughout the seasons and, and notedly talking with him in the All-Star game. Now begins the net saga. And this is, this is to be noted that Boston does not take this night lightly. The Boston fans hate Kyrie at this point um, for promising to stay for and then ending up almost ruining the entire team and then leaving. Um, a bad teammate, a bad leader, and it's quite apparent. The net saga begins in 1920. Uh, Kyrie plays 20 games only because of injuries, again. Um, both him and KD are suspected 
to end up pushing out coach Kenny Atkinson in March that year. Katie doesn't play at all, I think, that season. I think he's completely out. Yeah. Uh, the Nets are swept in the round 1920. So that's the first year in Brooklyn. Do you have his 2021? Do you have his comments about so, after that year that he thinks he about said? Who? Ky- I mean, Ky- Kyrie Irving, after that season, I'm pretty sure it was after the first season, he said, Kevin and I will, 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 he basically said, Kevin and I will run this organization and turn it around. He basically, <laughs> Kevin had not played in Brooklyn, like a game for Brooklyn yet. Kevin, uh, Kyrie played, like you said, 20 something games. And his comments after that season was Joe, um, Kevin and I, Sean will, Marks, or Sean, yeah, Sean Marks, we'll, we'll, we'll figure this out all together. Like he's like part of, like he's the GM. It was yeah. insane, those, those types of comments for what he'd given them so far. And that's actually what it ends up looking like. The, the, the chokehold that Kyrie and KD have on the Nets is insane for the they next sold, four years. They sold their soul. The organization sold their soul yeah. after building it up from the worst organization, like from that worst Boston-Brooklyn trade. They built it up. They had the D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie, fun Brooklyn Nets. And then they sold their soul for this opportunity. Anyway, yeah. I think that's so, what I hate the most about Kyrie that Nets team was so much fun. Yeah. Like, you you really – you had Karis LeVert playing out of his goddamn mind. You yeah. had Jared Allen, who is, like, a young Jared Allen, who's – Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, like, D'Angelo Russell buying in, which is so much fun. And he just destroyed them. Yeah. And it was so stupid. Like, they could have – who knows? If they keep that team together, who knows what that team accomplishes with mm-hmm. – yeah. So with even just KD, with even just KD. Yeah, with just right. KD, they're better, way better off. Yeah, it, it was a start of the kind of bench mob idea. I think the Nets, you know, dancing on the bench. They had Jared Dudley talking shit. They had Torian yeah. Prince, Damari Carroll, the likes. It was a really fun team to watch, and 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 that's a theme in a lot of these. Is that he goes into really fun teams and breaks them. The Celtics would have been fun without him. With Tatum and Brown, they could have started the film. And when he left, they were better. When he left the Cavs, the Cavs made the play, the, the finals. There, there's no proof to say that Kyrie Irving has actually, you know, there is proof because he hit that shot. But as a winning player, I, the, the numbers speak for itself. Anyway, the start of 2021 season or during the summer, Steve Nash is hired. A really random hiring. Nobody suspected him to be in the running. Um, but it, it, it appears that both KD and Kyrie approved of this decision, again, with a chokehold over the Nets. And also during the season, Kyrie takes a hiatus for folks. I forgot about this. He just disappears. Right. He doesn't tell the Nets, doesn't tell the players for a couple of weeks. Like he just missed the game. And I was like, where the fuck is Kyrie? Anyone. He's only seen and only found out when he appears on Instagram stories at a relative's birthday. Just decided, you know, I'm not going to play. So yeah. nothing, n- nothing communicated to the team and no practices, no games, just left. He actually has a really good season this year, not 2021. He, he only plays 40, 54 games um, due to injuries, and he ends up, and I think COVID as well later in the season, he ends up hurting himself in the playoffs. Uh, he, he shot 50-40-90 on 25 points per game, which is only the ninth player to ever do 50-40-90, and I think only the third person to do it on 25 points a game. So a really good season for Kyrie here. End up losing to the Bucks in the second round in seven. So a pretty good. Is that um, the Durant, the Durant foot on the line season? Yes. Durant, yeah, this is the, this they is were the one toe, one toe away potentially from a championship that year, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um, 
here we go to the insane 21-22 season for the Brooklyn Nets. We start off with Novak's Kyrie um, refusing yeah. and publicly yeah. <laughs> publicly <laughs> saying that he doesn't <laughs> believe in a vaccine. Um, Joe Tsai pleading with him, Brooklyn officials, like the city officials pleading with him so that they stop getting harassed by fans who want him to play just because it's city rules that he can't play. Um, and then <laughs> mid season, so he's barely playing. I don't think he plays at all. Um, mid season, they get like the last month or something. I, I think it's in around February he starts playing, and on, and they call him a part time player, which has never happened. It has never happened. And keep in mind, he is being paid um, a max contract at this point for being a part time player. Well, a couple of things on that. They folded like the Nets organization folded at that point. They, yeah. they they stayed at the beginning of the season. They were firm. They said, "We are not going to have you as a part-time player. Just come and be part of the team." They just they were trying to force his hand to get vaccinated. And then in February, they folded. They got desperate and they gave in to, you know, you know his his whatever. And and then the city kind of also folded by. Now letting him play in those games for that playoff run, which I'm sure you're going to get into, but um, it was that's where I think the organization sort of made a mistake in that they kind of just they just let Kyrie they 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 showed Kyrie that he can do what he wants. It's but in mm-hmm. that right there. All of a sudden, midseason, they're not doing so hot. Uh, Kyrie's missing a lot of time due to the COVID. They acquired James Harden in a very complicated four-team deal. Keep in mind, so Brooklyn's already chaotic at this point. Katie and Kyrie have them on a stranglehold. They've hired Steve Nash as their coach. It's a mess. Kyrie's not playing games. They get James Harden, who missed training camp for the Rockets. He missed games due to violating health and safety protocols for going to a club or a party. And he hated his team. Like he was, he was, he actively spoke out against his team. And they're like, "That's the guy. That's the guy we want to join KD and Kyrie." So that that trade ended up shipping Jared Allen to the Nets as well as Karis LeVert. They lost a couple picks. Um, it is a quite a complicated fourteen deal. I didn't I didn't realize it was that crazy until I saw it again. I don't have it in front of me, but I'll pull it. Ends up in the Nets. While you keep talking, it, it like fully blew up what. What little they still have from that really fun team, yeah, fully. Complete. Jared Allen, namely, Jer- and they, the thing Jared is, and they just threw, they just threw Jared good. Allen in, yeah. like to the Cavs. They didn't need to give him away. They're just like, here's Jared Allen because they because KD wanted DeAndre Jordan. I remember Houston, now. <laughs> Houston basically got Oladipo, XM, four first round picks and four first round swaps, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the Pacers were. Yeah, sorry, the Cavs got um got Jared Allen, the Pacers got something meaning or the Pacers got uh Karis Levert on that in that deal as well. And I think ended up shipping Levert anyway to the Cavs. Uh I think that was after, but anyway, that's there those are menial parts. But Houston basically got four firsts, four swaps, and Victor Oladipo uh for for James Harden. So yeah. Brooklyn gave up all their draft assets, basically. Yeah. Everything. Emptied the cover for the next for the next four years, which is, and this is for again. I want to stress this is for a Harden who has showed no commitment to playing good basketball, and you know he's turned it around and he is James Harden. Like well, I'm not I'm not downplaying how good a player he is, but to add that to the chaos already, it only gets worse here. Kyrie further sours his relationship with Boston. Um, during the season, he flips off fans twice. 
he tells him to suck his dick. He stomps in the leprechaun in the playoffs. Boston hates Kyrie and continues to. Um, various injuries to the Nets, uh, KD and Kyrie, uh, and COVID misses as well. Kyrie, again, was a part-time player for a full-time contract, um, simply for not for refusing to get vaccinated. You know, all the power to you, but <laughs> I just don't understand how that happens. Durant suffers an MCL injury sometime during the year. I, I mean, first of all, they're swept in the first round by um, the Celtics, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, Durant suffers an MCL injury, and only a year later, almost a year exactly, Harden asks out, asks for a trade. So that that short stint, um, they played 16 games together, the three of them. KD, Harden, What's Kyrie, crazy about that is before all, like, during all that chaos, during that playoff run, they had the team. They finally yeah. had all three of them. They looked incredible like i i don't remember what the betting odds were but they were absolutely the favorite to get to the finals and win the championship and then james harden's groin or hamstring or something in his leg game one or two game one i think it was, it was like one of the first it was like minute three or something it was like in the first three minutes of game one he his groin gets fucked up and he's out for the rest of the season and it that was the end of that 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 run that was it. And it's swept and swept by the Celtics. A, a budding Celtics team. This was their year to kind of show people that they're they're here to stay. Um, but a, a commanding sweep. Uh so Harden asked out only a year after being traded to the Chaos. He's traded eventually for Ben, ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and multiple firsts to the 76ers. Uh which doesn't look like a bad return at the time. Especially Seth Curry. I thought that would be a really good piece for them, but it hasn't quite panned out. Uh, it should be noted. Didn't get that much. It was considered a win-win. It was, I think it was a bigger win for Philly at the time. Like I think they, they were from the podcast I listened to and the articles and stuff, but you're right at the time it was sort of a classified as a win-win, yeah. but uh, my goodness continue that changed ever so quickly. Yeah. Well, Ben Simmons, we thought, you know, would be able to play basketball outside of Philadelphia. Hasn't been the case. Um, it should be noted also Kyrie converts to Islam in April of this year and has to fast during Ramadan, which is... I remember um, that. Yeah. Which also affects, obviously, basketball performance when you're fasting. In How long you fast? It's like trials. a 30-day fast, isn't it? It's like something crazy. Yeah. 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 Uh, the following year, um, the Nets and Kyrie... This is during the summer after they get swept. Refuse to agree on an extension. So the Nets give in and allow Kyrie to pursue sign and trade opportunities. On the exact same, I didn't realize this was so chaotic. On the exact same day, he opts into his player option. He says, okay, I'll do a fourth year. Because he found out three, that no one wanted him. Three days, two days later, yeah. Kevin Durant asks for a trade. Wow. It's, it, it, it's, it's apeshit. So they've moved on from Harden. Kyrie says, I can't find anything. Eventually signs in. And then KD's like, I want out. Eventually, KD and Ty come to terms. KD rescinds the request. During this year, Kyrie will go on to promote Alex Jones, who famously has um, ousted victims of the Sandy Hook massacre. He eventually walks back when he's confronted about this. He refutes to walk back, however, a tweet that promotes a deeply anti-Semitic documentary. Um, worth an episode in itself. J just 
the demands on the nets for him to walk it back, the demands on the public, the demands on the NBA, and he's just saying no, no, no. Like I mean what I said. Eventually, um, following suspensions, following fines, he ultimately reluctantly agrees to walk back. Um, he's part of the. <laughs> I love. I, I. I. The more I read this, the more insane it gets. He's part of a push to fire head coach Steve Nash, who admittedly has not done a good job. And then two days later, hire Ime who was just, I think, two months prior fired as a Celtics coach for um, inappropriate word contact. Yeah. He plays well this year. This is this is already this this season. He plays well this year and is voted insanely to me as an all-star starter. It, it doesn't, it, to me, it doesn't make sense, but he's voted right. as an all-star starter. Number like, just one. Fans. Fans. Well, like, fans, yeah. but but players, players voted him as the number one guard in the Eastern Conference. Crazy. There's yeah. something he has a chokehold on wow. on fans and players. Like he, if you watch any games where he's playing, he always gets like the most love from players after the game, the most hugs, the most you know fucking daps or and, and they will and they will always speak out for him as far as a baller, as far no. as a hooper. Not one player condemned any of his actions throughout any of these times. Like, you know, you talk the Black Lives Movement, like all this stuff, like the, the people, the NBA is huge on social justice, which is great, um, but not a negative word from any player um, throughout any of these, you know, questionable uh, things Kyrie's done. Anyway, continue. Well, I think well, I'll finish this off first is that he he plays really well this season, despite, you know, all of this insane off-court drama. He's playing really well and his vote is an all-star tar- starter. And then he requests a trade five, uh, a week before the trade deadline. And that's where we end up. It, it, it's, it's just pure chaos. It, it, the moment he's out of the limelight, he begs himself back in. And I, I think that will come down for the legacy of Kyrie is just a really strangely polarizing player. Someone who has the deepest bag, is the, one of the most skilled players in NBA since he's joined the league. And wow, his audiences, wow, his people, there, there was always talks about, is it Kyrie or is it Curry? To me, it was always obvious it's Curry. But like, you can't help but think Kyrie's the best point guard on the planet when you watch him play. He's just incredible. Players love him. He's an the, eight-time the, the, all-star. I mean, the, the, the resume speaks for itself. He's a champion um he's a baller he's you know people keep calling him the toughest person to guard in the league or whatever and the thing with Kyrie that's so crazy is you you're so out on him and then he pulls you back in like he literally did that with all three of us this season (laughs) like Like, the last few weeks literally (laughs) we were all in we were kind of all back in on Brooklyn being a contender and Kyrie being like that guy again and but like two months ago or three months ago or whenever this shitstorm happened, like before the season, what could you have gotten for Kyrie? Fucking nothing. Like nothing, nothing, nothing. nothing. And, um, you know, four weeks or six weeks or whatever of good play. And now you're getting, you know, a, an unprotected first, two solid, you know, rotation players and two seconds. Like, like it's crazy. The You're right. The polarization that he has in this league and even within front offices, like it's crazy. And it's because he's very talented. You're right, but it's he's it, Hooper, and and I I won't go on record and say that Kyrie Irving is strictly a bad man. I think I think he yeah. speaks his mind to a fault, to be fair, but he, you know he he he's also done things like donated one and a half million dollars to the NBA players who opted out of the season. 
due to social justice issues. He bought a house for George Floyd's family in the Black Lives Matter movement. Just recently, he launched a consulting for minority-owned businesses. He does things for him to the fault of, sometimes to the fault of other people around him. Um, so I, I, just a really complicated legacy, a complicated player, such a, a mess in today's NBA. And for him to eventually now be traded to play with one of the game's most beloved stars is my, fascinating. Uh, yeah, I agree. My bold prediction. My bold prediction. Prediction. Oh my God! Speaking as we wrap this episode up is I think that Kyrie and Luca don't necessarily mesh because Luca's you know speaks his mind as well. And the Lakers yeah. sign him in the off season. Do not re-sign Rui Hachimura, and you'll have uh, LeBron, Kyrie, and AD come next season. Um, as the Lakers trying to push for a championship. That's my bold predict- prediction. As so we, they don't uh, give him the extension? I don't think they give him an extension. They can only sign him to a two-year $80 million extension right now, which he's not going to take. I think there was rumors of him wanting a three-year deal, so there's a little bit of kind of negotiation back and forth. Um, but I, I think that the Lakers will pony up. They'll be a cap space team, and I think the LeBron pull will happen. LeBron is pissed. We didn't even get into the LeBron part and the Lakers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> LeBron is like doing interviews, saying he's disappointed. He's, he's subtweeting, he's tweeting like like the like fucking Taylor Swift song. Yeah. It must be me. It's yeah. not the problem. Like, uh, L- Lil Marvin's room is the best tweet uh, <laughs> that I saw. Yeah. Holy shit! It's, uh, it's a little situation <laughs> in in, in Lakerland. Um, yeah, that, it's crazy how we spent over an hour talking about this and we didn't even mention anything to do with the Lakers. That's how crazy this entire situation has been and uh boy oh boy am i looking forward mario was any was there anything else that we missed on your on your legacy uh legacy rant there no i i i just i i can't i'm still stuck in the fact that dallas doesn't think they're gonna they, they can't extend him i don't i can't comprehend why they make that deal and not extend him. high risk high reward i suppose and again i think the west is so open that you can see a path where they, they they beat the Nuggets and they can beat the, the the Warriors or whoever they have to go through. I don't really see a strong contender. I don't think they win the championship, but if you have a, I forget what the famous saying was that one of the GM said it, where if you have more than a 5%, if you have, if you have a 5% chance or more, you have to go for it. Yeah. And I would put Dallas in that 5% range now to win a championship um, just with that, you know, two, you know, objectively incredible players. Matt, any closing closing thoughts before we get out of here and blow our brains out after all this stuff? <laughs> yeah, I, I I want to throw out a bold prediction, but I don't want to bank on Kyrie. I'm just done. <laughs> I'm I'm officially <laughs> right out there. Throw it out I, there. I drafted some statements uh like three weeks ago in that episode, and I. <laughs> let's just... hear. Let, let's hear what the bold statement would be. Like, it would be Dallas to make the final. I believe that. And I, I'm I'm really excited to see what happens in the next, what is it, 72 hours, 48 hours, 56, whatever, whenever the cutoff is, like 12 Pacific um, on Thursday. Like Just excited to yeah. see what happens there. So let's say see Dallas. You guys then. <laughs> see be you guys then. Yeah. And actually, while we end, breaking news, Michael Beasley has agreed to join the Lakers on a veterans minimum deal. The Lakers did not agree. Ayo? Unless? <laughs> I'll oh, talk to you in the Lakers. 
Well, there you have it, guys. Breaking news to finish off the pod. What an episode. My goodness, my brain is on fire. Thanks for joining us for another episode of 3 and D's. It's been a pleasure. Hope everyone has a great week, and we'll see you after the trade deadline. Enjoy, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.